Well, welcome to the show. It is exciting to have you here today on Black History Matters 365 again. What excites me about this show is we, we are starting a new series, a series that I'm very passionate about, and that is Young Entrepreneurs. We are taking the eye and looking at young entrepreneurs of our day today. And we're also going to look at in the past as well. But kicking this off today, um, we are very excited to have a special guest that I'm going to share with you in a few minutes. Entrepreneurship is very interesting in our world today. It is something, believe it or not, statistics say that it's a great time to start your own business, regardless of what you know what we're in and and how the the pandemic is around and all those different things statistics do say that it's a great time to start your own business now what's interesting about entrepreneurship there is 582 million entrepreneurs could you believe that 582 million and 25 million of them are Americans or Americans who are just starting out and starting their own businesses. Why? Honestly, not because of money, but just because they want to be their own boss and they want to show their own creativity and innovation. That's what statistics say. And I have seen it on an everyday basis and especially with young people. That's what I'm excited about. I'm an entrepreneur myself, and I have been for 20 plus years, and I believe in it wholeheartedly. But there's nothing like the young millennium entrepreneur today. We're going to take the time and ask the question, are young people entrepreneurial? How many young people become entrepreneurs? And why do young people choose entrepreneurship? So that's our focus on this series, The Young Entrepreneur. We're going to take the eye on look at some Black young entrepreneurs, which there's one on the show today that I'm very excited, as I keep saying, to introduce you to who I have known even in her teenage years and have somewhat watched her and even saw how she has just done some great things. So we're going to get to know her today. But before we get started, I always like to look at a particular history maker and look at them and show them up against the history maker like today, the entrepreneur I have, um, and look at them and show them how they can be just like that person or that history maker or similar to that history maker. And the history maker we're looking at today is still living. And that is the one and only Kathy Hughes, the phenomenal entertainer, TV and radio um, guru. I think um, with our guest today named Kwanda Pace, I think, Kwanda, that you and your partner in the radio are just going to be amazing, just like Kathy. Kathy is an American entrepreneur. She started young. And look at her today with a TV station, with a radio station, and she's still going and doing so many things and inspiring so many. And I know you mentioned to me that the, she is like one of y'all, want, want to be y'all mentor. You want her to be y'all mentor. So um, I'm excited to just compare her to you guys and look at you all through her eyes and say you're going to be like her. I'm going to say a quote by Kathy that I think would really fit what you're doing. Kathy says, 
Don't let anyone convince you that your dream, your vision to be an entrepreneur is something that you shouldn't do. What often happens is that people who are well-meaning, who really care for us, are afraid for us and talk us out of it. It's interesting how God arranges your schedule. Mm. So what Kathy is saying, don't let anybody talk you out of what you dream mm. and what you want to do. I love that. So Quanda Pace is here today. Great entrepreneur and just a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, Quanda, it is, I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you today? <laughs> I am awesome and amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored and excited. <laughs> well, great. I'm, I'm happy to have you today. And I know that you are in Florida right now, enjoying yep. that great sunshine. Yes, yes, yes. So we have a little yes. today, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, exciting to have you. I'm going to read a quick bio about you. And then we're going to jump right into the interview and just find out some incredible things about what you are doing. Okay? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Now, this is Quanda Pace, everybody. They say she is the driving force behind her own production company or LLC. And am I pronouncing it right? Kulala or Kulala? Okay, great. I did it right. It is a full service event production company. Since Kulala Productions first started in 2011, Kwanda has emerged as one of the top female event producers and promoters in the Gulf Coast area. It's no surprise that her company has taken off and she has taken the event production scene by storm. I believe that, Kwanda. <laughs> what sets her apart from her competition is her never-ending drive coupled with her unique flair. Born and raised in Destin, Fort Walton Beach, Florida area in the Gulf Coast, Kwanda got her start in entertainment in 2007 when she founded her first business venture, Party Unique Parties with her partner. Together, they offered unique event planning and decor services that were customized for each client, something the current event production market wasn't offering and something the area had never seen before. The duo quickly became known for their creative and eccentric off-the-wall productions, and what they were offering was something to other firm seemed to be able not to replicate. Love that, Kwanda, about that. What further distinguishes her, though, is her competition is that her entertainment credentials go far beyond event production company. She has worked in the industry for over 12 years. In 2011, she became a co-host and a program director on Where Radio, number one rated show, Roundtable round Radio while also leading the Kulala, the homeboys, homegirl segment on this show. She then continued her radio career on Real Women Radio, which we're going to talk about today, with her show Doing the Most with Kulala. Audiences and fans have been drawn in due to her energetic, playful, and co comedic charm. Her entertainment expertise doesn't stop there, though. She balances all this with hosting and emceeing responsibilities for events like the American Dream Talent Search and Mayday Spring Blink. 
I think I know that one made in yeah. spring. <laughs> she is unstoppable, guys. She's just absolutely unstoppable. She's doing so many things and she is definitely, most definitely one to watch. That, my friends, is Quanda Pace. And we're going to find out more about her. How about that, Quanda? <laughs> Thank you. I was like, wow. <laughs> is that you, right? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I'm so excited. It is good yeah. to have you here today. And um, a little bit of story before you get started. We get started with the interview is that most people don't know, but I had an opportunity to teach her in church as a teen and have just really seen her grown. And I love her mother, her whole family. Um, so I'm just ecstatic to have her on the show today because she's just a sweet, wonderful girl. Now, let's find out more about you and okay. what you're doing now. Tell us about who you are, your journey and how it led you to where you are today. Okay, well, I am, um, I grew up in a small, I call it a small town, uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida, raised by a single mother, Janie Franklin, shout out to Janie Franklin, and um, and my, predominantly my grandmother and my mother, and so we were just a very close-knit family, like I said, raised in a church, I was always there when the doors was open, I was there, <laughs> um, and I just grew up um, unique because I have albinism, so I stood out but you couldn't tell me any different. Like, I didn't know any different. Like, I'm sure you remember me in the junior choir, Beulah Baptist Church. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. like all the brown babies and then yes. this little blonde baby in the middle. <laughs> yes. And so, Beautiful, but you couldn't though. tell me I wasn't brown too. <laughs> so I didn't, I can't say that I, I had an awesome childhood. You know, I was surrounded by loving, you know, friends and family um, I was the only child, but I always had my mom always had different kids from the neighborhood, you know, at the house, my cousins. So um, I grew up in a loving environment. And when the occasions will come up when I would get picked at and it would bother me at first when I was younger, because I didn't stand out, look different. But it would shock me. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? You know, they'll ask you questions like, why do you look like that? Why are you color? You know, like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So my aunt Tony used to tell me she has a color. We just ain't bought it yet. <laughs> so she was she would tell I people that. that. No, everybody else would stick up for me instead, of, you know, instead of me. And so when I got, um, I would say middle school, you know, they start, they tried to pick, but it didn't, it did, by the end it was balancing off for me. And my mom had told me that you are God's child and he made you the way you're supposed to be. And that's it. You're not, you're not, you different. Yeah, but you belong. So I took that and she instilled that into me. So the crying stopped. And once you walk in your walk in faith and just walk in who you are and with confidence, it doesn't matter what they say. You know, I don't even hear it anymore. Right. I don't even see it. Like I would be places, even when I got married, my husband would be like, you know, they're staring at you. And I'm like, I don't even see that, you know, so <laughs> I don't see it. So it didn't bother me. But no, that I think that has made me very strong, very confident. But now I am a 45-year-old Black woman with albinism. I am, um, I was married for 15 years, so I'm divorced. I've been through that. I've been through being a single mother. I am a daughter. I am a mother of two sons, two kings. Jaquan is 23, and Deontay is going to be 21 this weekend. 
So um, it's it's exciting and it's it's weird. So I'm kind of like in an empty nest stage, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's exciting. So I instilled in them the same things my mom instilled in me. Like be who you are, be unique. If you're different, oh well, that's how it's supposed to be. And and my oldest one, or well, both of them, pick up on that. So they they're both artists, and they they'll say they just do their music. They don't care who's listening, as long as they like it. And that's how I kind of modeled my um radio show as well doing the most it's like I don't care as long as my mom is listening I'm good yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know because it's really what I love <laughs> to do and I and I have fun and it's a passion my passion is really um highlighting others passion you know mm-hmm. I like to see others shine so that's what doing the most is it's kind of like an oxymoron it's because you know doing the most is supposed to be like this ignorant thing that you do but I say I'll do the most as long as it's for my community I'll put on a a Mickey Mouse suit and hand out school supplies. If I have, if it makes me look silly, I'm gonna do the most, you know. Right, so right. Always saying, you're doing the most. You're always doing the most. But yeah, so that's just what I, who I am. I just like to recognize everybody else, connect people, places, and things. Yeah, I love it. You, you, it's so much in that. How mm-hmm. did that take you to where you are now? When now you started your first business in 2011 or tw- mm-hmm. 2007? Yeah, seven. So, that, yeah. yeah, how did that because having that kind of strength and then stepping out and doing your own thing that's amazing. And I was married with two small kids when we started that. So, what, what happened was I was always doing the one throwing the surprise birthday parties at the house or, and it always have to have a theme and everybody has to play games or dress up and they're like, Oh God. <laughs> so me and my, um, my best friend at the time, Daytrell Braxton, you might remember her from Sunday school as well. Yeah. Miss Jean's daughter. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. She and I, uh, she loves, you know, decorating flower arrangements and all of that. And I love the part of you know, promoting it, making the flyers, getting everybody out. And uh, she makes it look beautiful. And I just make sure they show up, okay. <laughs> you know, through creative promotion. So I we got it. together. We came up with pretty unique parties. I can remember we first account we got was the NAACP banquet. And we was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that was a good big. account. Yeah, it was big. So um, we were excited about that. And then she would, like I said, do the more of the decorating side. And I was like the admin uh, promotion advertising side. And then one night we had this one year, we had this party at the Civic Center in Okaloosa Island. And it was called Chocolate Fantasy. And this was the defining moment for us because it was a lot of work, but it was beautiful. We both would do both parts. But, you know, she led like the decorating part. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the night, we realized um, she was like, how much we make at the door? I was like, "Mm, just enough to cover everything, you know. He's like, we ain't making no money. I was like, no. She's like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> so we decided that night she loved the decorating part and I love the promotion and entertainment part. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, that's when we start. I started QLala Productions and she started Daydreams. So we kind of went our separate ways, but happily, <laughs> you know, you just have to stay in your passion because I was like decorating in for me, but I love it. I love to come up with the idea of it. So I said that to say, I, that's when I started QLR Productions, because in our area in Fort Walton Beach, we don't see much. We would travel to Atlanta and Birmingham and see all these different events and fashion shows. And it's like, man, what? I can't go there or we don't have it here. So let's create it. And that's how mm, pretty wow. parties got started and how QLR Productions got started. Yeah. And QLR Productions, it's not it's on the back burner right now, but I still do those things. But through RWR now. 
Okay. Excellent. It sounds like you started with your entrepreneur based on your passion, which Mm -hmm. you love to do and love making people feel good too. Because, you know, that's, that's entrepreneurship. It's just Mm -hmm. finding that thing you love and you're passionate about and you go with it. I love that you guys kind of did that together too. The partnership Mm -hmm. probably taught you a lot, correct? Yeah. Mm. I I always tell the youth that I deal with, uh, make your passion your paycheck. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to um, trademark that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. really good. Make your passion your paycheck. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. really, really good. So now, from um, doing your event productions, now though you are doing Real Women Radio, yes. right? Yes. Tell me about how that partnership, tell us how that came about and what you guys are doing in the dream behind that. Yeah. Okay. So in 2016, I had a little experience from Roundtable Radio and I got that experience. And I always tell people it's all in who you know. So just shine and do your best because somebody's watching. So in 2011, I was approached by one of the uh, prominent DJs in the area, DJ DZ, um, to host one of his events because he mm-hmm. seen me on Facebook. And so, he, you know, hosting or promoting or whatever. And so I, I did that. And he's like, I'm starting a radio show. You want to be on it? And I was like, yeah. But it was like full of DJs. And I was the only girl. So that's why I came up with Q La La, the homeboys homegirl. Uh, okay. <laughs> so with that little experience, I did, we did that for about a year and a half. And it was fun. It was my first time. But I always did have that passion to kind of either be in front of a camera or, you yeah. know, on the radio. <laughs> in 2016, I had another friend say, hey, I know these ladies that are starting this radio station called Real Women Radio. Are you interested in having your own show? And I was like, oh, yes, because like this time it'll just be me. And so it was funny how I was driving down the street one day with my son. And I was like, I have an opportunity to have my own radio show, but I don't know what to call it. And I was like picking him up, doing my lunch break, trying to make it back and all this, doing all this stuff. And I'm always doing something. So I looked at him and I said, oh, doing the most. <laughs> he was like, Yes. Every time I tell somebody the name of my show, yes, that's you. We're doing the most. <laughs> I love it. Extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So came up with the name of the show and I inboxed the young lady, Nicole Dixon, and she was it was her vision. And mm-hmm. so she and another lady, Sharia Beasley, and they're out of Pensacola, Florida. They were getting ready to launch. They, they hadn't even launched. They was advertising their launch. They haven't even started. So I was inboxing her and it took her forever to get back to me. We laugh about this to this day. She's like, I don't check Messenger. But anyway, it took forever. When she finally got back to me, we, first conversation, she was in the car with Sharia and we talked for like an hour and a half. And we was like, oh my God, we're sisters. Like, oh my God, I love it. Oh my God. We just kept saying, oh my, you know. And it was a, a nice connection to have with Black women that wasn't catty. It wasn't competitive. It was nothing but love. And we were all on the same page you know mm-hmm. and they were like yes mm-hmm. I love it when can we meet you you know let's talk about it you know we're launching you know this weekend they hadn't heard anything a show or anything but just from my personality it's like let's do it you know and she's the kind of person who likes to give people a chance to you know to shine and all that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so our first meeting I didn't even meet them until our first event which was a lip syncing was promoting that the radio station was starting and everybody had to do pick a song. And I picked Mary J. Blige just fine. Oh, <laughs> I love that song. song. 
So I dressed up like her because you know I have to do the most. Yes. Oh <laughs> I my, had my goodness. Mary wig on. Yes. I had my Mary black leather dress and I um and I just did it. Like I had some friends come with me from Florida and Daytro came um and Audrey came and we just um they supported me and we went and I did it. And I didn't even know anybody in that room except the people I came with. And so it was, it was just, I just do stuff. I don't know why. I just yeah. do stuff. <laughs> I love it. You're so exciting. You're very, yeah. very creative. <laughs> yeah. And so after that, they was like, oh my God, I can't believe you just did that. You know, like I lip synced to Mary J. Like I was Mary J. And then we had a couple more events that weekend just to launch the radio station. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was exciting and fun. And then my first show, I, I my shows just have themes and sound effects and you know segments yeah. <laughs> and I it's not and I just really mimic what I hear like you yeah. mentioned Kathy Hughes like radio I just min- mimic what I hear and what I like to hear and I don't like to be bored so yeah and Nicole was like oh my god I love listening to your show you do the most <laughs> and so I would interview anybody um if you were out on the corner selling popsicles I want to talk to you because that's awesome that you are out here, you know, in this heat selling popsicles. And I want to know why. And, you know, so I would interview, you know, like Unsung. Mm-hmm. Like I love the, I love an underdog. Mm-hmm. I love Unsung. I love Rags to Riches. So those are people I go after. So that's, I want to see who's doing the most. I don't care if you're making a million dollars or one dollar. I want to see, you know, who you are and why you do it. So that was, that was Real Radio. I started out as an on-air personality. Mm-hmm. In 2016, so about 2019, because when I went, you know, we became a family and I didn't care about, I'm just like on air personality. We did events together. We, you know, it was, it was incorporating everything that I love. So it was Q Lot mm-hmm. Productions, pretty unique parties and roundtable radio all in one. <laughs> so I was like, yes, thank you, God. So um, we I do yeah, we work in the community. They joined me with my back to school drive and helped me enhance it and get it out further in both counties now. It's, it's just so many different things. Um, mm, I love that. Yeah, so I real, mean, radio. It's, it's, it's awesome. So in 2019, I became a partner, an official partner, and we rebranded and it's now RWR Live 365. It still stands for Real Women Radio, yes. but it's more men are not ashamed to wear the shirt now you know yeah <laughs> before they were like is it just for women it's like absolutely not but it is inspired by women it started by black women and it's you know that's our focus and but everybody's welcome so we rebranded um rwr live 365 and um it's been about two years now and so it's exciting and we are the next generation of radio we are not yeah. your typical radio. And it was started, Nicole, the story that she uh, tells us her vision came about because she was watching shows like Love and Hip Hop or Love mm-hmm. and Basketball. In, mm-hmm. um, I mean, basketball wise, I'm sorry. And you were seeing the negative side of Black women and, you know, that's just fighting and things like that. And she's like, our stories aren't being told properly. Mm-hmm. Like the good side of our stories aren't being told. She met right. Raquel, Miss Raquel. I think it's Raquel from, she played um, on the game as yes. uh, Tasha mm-hmm. And she said she did a conference because um, she was already doing, you know, conferences and everything. She was already empowered, but 
she was doing conferences and she had Tasha Mack come and she kept calling her Tasha Mack and she kept telling her, no, baby, I'm not Tasha Mack. I'm Raquel. You know, like I, I'm more than just my character. And she had a school for girls and she's doing all these things. And she's like, how come we don't know about these stories? You know, all we see is that part on TV. So she was like, we need something that we can tell our stories. And that's where Real Woman Radio was born. So we can tell our stories, stories in our communities, our local community, our Black women, our Black people. It's somewhere we can just inspire and encourage and empower our people. So that's Real Women Radio that turned into RWR Live 365. (laughs) Oh, that's so excellent. So much of what BHM 365 is, is telling Mm -hmm. the stories, Mm -hmm. and particularly of our Black community that are not being told. Because we can look back and look at all our ancestors and all the people, the Martin Luther Kings and, Mm -hmm. you know, the Harriet Tubman's. But what about those type of people today? So Mm -hmm. I see where you guys are going with the women of today and also Mm -hmm. just taking that um, positive, you know, term for black women, because we do tend to get a very negative commentary about who we are. Black woman. I really love what you guys are doing. That's the reason why I wanted to have you on too, to just kind of explain that. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've opened it up to men now, because I think mm-hmm. men have a way to tell these stories about women as mm-hmm. well. And then we need to highlight our men too. Yes. Yes. Because their stories are untold. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We have, um, and and they were always apart, but they didn't know. They just assumed, you know, since it was since it was real. But we all, we had men host shows. You know, men had shows on there. We had men DJs. We just had our annual uh, fifth annual Black Beauty Expo this yes. past weekend. Yes. Okay. How did that go? <laughs> it was awesome because we had to reschedule it. So this was the reschedule date. So, but it still turned out awesome. Um, our vendors did well, sold out. Our panels, we had a kidpreneur panel where we had like two young kids that were entrepreneurs. It was awesome. We had a men's panel. We call it our king's panel. And they got up there. They talked about dress. They talked about Then we got to ask them questions. And one of the main questions we asked them was about vaccination and their thoughts on it, because we do some work in the community with that as well. And so we always get a pushback from our African-American men. And we was like, why are you not taking it? You know, so we asked them and they were like, they all had different stories. And it was so powerful. We were about in tears because they all, someone was like, oh yeah, I'm getting it. I don't care what nobody say. One was like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to get it, but I sacrificed for my family. And then another gentleman said he got it after, you know, he got it. He had got COVID and he think he gave it to his mom and his brother and they passed. And so the stories were deep, but we just need to hear from our black, you know, our black men. And so we don't exclude anybody. But the Black Beauty Expo was amazing. We had live performances from local artists. We had vendors from the local area and we highlight everybody in um, in our social media. We did interviews with them on the radio. So they just get this other whole nother experience that you don't normally get as a vendor or a performer or, you know, or a panelist. So it was exciting. Good. Like to highlight everybody. With this radio station, um, you say you're the next generation Generation. radio station. Mm -hmm. Tell me, um, you said a little bit about it because you focus on the positive outlook of a Black woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit, what does that mean when you're explaining that to someone 
and even some more things that you're doing to really become that. Now, first of all, you're young. So mm-hmm. that that's very <laughs> important. And yeah. you guys just stepped out and did this radio station, which is great compared mm-hmm. to some of the older stations that are being there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other stations in Pensacola and all around Florida, from what I know. How are you mm-hmm. guys rating with that? And what makes you different than them? I would say the first thing that makes us different is freedom. There's a major um, radio station, a couple of them, like you mentioned, and they are tied to corporate Mm. and FCC Mm. and (laughs) they can't play. You know, they have to play what they say, play when they say play it in the order they say play it. You know, whereas if we're feeling like inspiring somebody one day, we can play music, you know, the song we want to play when we want to play it. When I go on my show, I can talk about what I want to talk about. We have an opportunity for those who are very passionate when they speak. Like we have a show called G, the G Spot, and he's mm-hmm. not what you think it would be. It's a gentleman, it's a young, a young black man, and he has um, like four of his friends come in and they get in deep about, and they're younger, they're like thirty mm-hmm. and, and under, and they talk about today's topics. But they, you know, they may use profanity, but there's after hours, you know. So we get to be mm-hmm. diverse and meets every genre, older, younger. But we just get to be creative for the most part and be free mm-hmm. and not tied down to some rules and <laughs> policies. Right. And the mm-hmm. format is different as well. Um, right now, we are accepting affiliate shows. So like a show like yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll we can aired. do that. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. Syndication, you know, will be aired um, through our brand, but also, um, you know, pushing your brand at the same time. So you have another platform, kind of like a Spotify type type thing. Mm-hmm, yes. We have um, <laughs> it's African-American podcast. And so throughout the day, you know, we have different things. So we we are we're structured a little different. We don't we might not play commercials, you know, when, you know, we, just, yeah. we can do what we want to do. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. So it, it sounds like it's a true entrepreneurial venture Mm -hmm. because it's giving you that freedom to be innovative, to be creative Mm -hmm. and to kind of be in your own tune, writing your tune to your business. I love that. So is it great working together? You said that in the beginning it was, how is the structure and it's that working good for you guys? Cause it's three of you guys or two of you. You said Um, it was three. three. Um, It's off. It's it's pretty good. We don't we don't we don't have like cat fights or anything. Yeah, (laughs) we're pretty transparent and honest. We've actually become like sisters. If there's an issue, we'll talk about it. We'll actually take time to ourselves, go have a retreat, and it'll be we'll talk business, but we'll just be in a relaxed setting. So we we find things like that help us to keep the communication open. Um, if one has an idea, and that's a good thing about it, if one has an idea, it's like, okay, you can do that on your show, you know, and I yeah. your show. <laughs> so um, it's, it's pretty good. That was one of the main things that attracted me to them, though, because when I met them, they had a um, another club called the Shepreneurs Club, and it was all female entrepreneurs. And I had never really seen anything like that. I just hadn't, like, in for a while, and I, you know, I know a couple of people, but just to have a group of women that came together and helped each other and they were all selling something or they all had their own business and everybody just, it was like, wow. So I kind of gravitated to that area for a minute. And now, you know, I'm planting seeds back in for a while. 
Excellent. I love it. You know, um, that audience may not know that that's my hometown. I grew up there. So it's good to see, you know, people that are within the community is helping the community and yes. building it up. That's another reason why we have you on today is just focusing on that community. And really, mm-hmm. it's good to see that happening. And I'm so happy that you're here. We're going to shift a little into, because you said something I thought that was so beautiful and I wanted you to talk about anyway, and that was you as a female and then as a young female experiencing albinism, because a lot of times people don't understand that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to even take to whatever color, but you Mm -hmm. were fine with that. Yeah. So I know you were bullied because because you looked different, but focusing on Black history, how how do you bring that together in Black history, and and how were you affected by that? Um, I used to so make, when I did get picked on, that was one of the main things they would say. You know, it was like you're a white girl, you know, or you're gonna wear a white man, or you know, you're not black, you know. So then I found myself in middle school because um, by the time I got to high school. I didn't care, but in middle school, I found myself trying to prove my blackness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same struggle I can relate to people that are mixed race mm-hmm. and they don't know which side to go. Well, I knew which side to go on. I didn't have that problem. But <laughs> me trying to prove to people, you know, that, you know, my my peers, that I am really black, you know, so I would get picked on from the white kids and then sometimes picked on from the black kids and sometimes, you know, middle school, elementary school, I was like, eh, where do I fit? You know, mm-hmm. but I grew up in um, not the hood, but I grew up in the low income area, you know, mm-hmm. across, or near the low income area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, um, so I, I thank God for it. It's made me diverse. I can go anywhere and adapt. Mm-hmm. I can go to the church. I can go to the hood. I can go to a corporate boardroom. I can go anywhere and adapt and just by being myself. I don't I don't convert myself anymore. Like I used to try to that 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 was a short period of time. It didn't last long. I tried to prove myself that mm-hmm. I am black. See, look, my mom's black. You know, they was like, you're adopted. I got all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um it, it really did make me stronger. Even when I started dating, I didn't know I was I used to be kind of timid and shy and quiet and hold my head down but like all that ended all of a sudden I don't know what happened but <laughs> it didn't last long I said that's what Janie Franklin is what happened <laughs> my mom yeah, your mom yeah that's what happened she's like uh-uh so um but like when I started dating I did have like some insecurities or it will he be embarrassed to be with me in public mm-hmm. or you know so and then I told myself if you find a man that gravitates to you knowing who you are and accepting you for who you are, that's, that's a real man. A man mm-hmm. that can't handle that is not for you anyway. You mm-hmm. know, so I was, so it would made it easy to decipher the real man from the <laughs> not mm-hmm. real man by being albino. That's what I used to say anyway. So it, it kind of, it really did empower me. And I do have other young ladies that I've met through my journey with albinism and we'll have conversations and pretty much all the ones I've met are fiery like me and like, is like whatever. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we are very unique. We'll do our hair a different way, different color. Um, we're kind of bold and stand out, you know. So it's just it. And I and I mentor one young lady. She, um, her grandmother lives in Crestview, and um, I met her 
family. Actually, we was in Cracker Barrel. I was married with my small kids. And this young couple comes over to me and shows me this baby and says that, you know, the doctors, you know, may I ask you something? Are you a bino? And I was like, yes. You know, and I get that asked all the time and I'm never offended. I don't, it's not what you say is how you say it. It's how you mm-hmm. come at it, right? Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they asked me and I said, yes. You know, they, they showed me their baby and they said, the doctors say that she's albino, but we don't know, you know, we don't believe them. And they showed me this pretty baby that looked just like me <laughs> when I was a baby. She had a little blonde afro. She was a newborn. She was the cutest thing. And I said, yes, she's a bino, but it's okay. And um, I've been mentoring her um, on and off throughout the years. When she would come to Crestview and grew up, we hung out together. We took pictures. She is in Atlanta now. She just graduated this year. I have to reach out. I haven't seen her in a few years, but like every time she would come to town, we try to catch up. So it's, it's awesome. And she's doing well. I love how you're using your skin color, your color, and mm-hmm. you're making a difference because yeah. albinism is very different. But at the it same is. time, it's really not because mm-hmm. deep within, we're the same. It's just right. a different shade. Right. And like, I love like, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but I love that you have, because your family was African-American, mm-hmm. you embrace that even more. Yes. And you understood the importance of that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, looking at that, you know, the the obvious question is, what does Black history mean to you and how important it is to you coming from where you come from? It's very important because we are all and we all come in different shades. So, you know, Essence had this thing where they were saying my Black is beautiful. So I adapted that. I adopted that. My Black is beautiful. Um, but Black history is very important. We can't we don't know where we're going if we don't know where we've been or where we come from. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't know where you come from. You don't know where you're going. And so it's very important. We need to know the history so that we can appreciate it and and carry it on, you know, and not forget about it and honor it and teach it and, you know, just keep everybody educated on it. But it's very important. It's a very major part of my life. You know, you couldn't tell me I wasn't Black. I was like, both my parents are African-American. Look at these lips. <laughs> <laughs> That's always yeah. These lips, yeah. You know, but yeah, and I and I work with youth. Actually, that's my actual first background is working with youth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, even though I grew up with you know through that bullying thing, that led me to want to work with youth so that they're not bullied. And if they are, I can talk to them about it, you know, because I went through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and every time I would have a class, because I would teach teenagers, every time I would have a class, that's the first thing they ask me, are you a bino? You know, they get to ask all their questions, you know, and it's like, yes, you know, but it's okay. And, you know, and it's like, but you sound black, you act black. I was like, I am, you know, so we got to answer those <laughs> yeah. questions all the time. Yeah. yeah. I love working with you. When I was in high school, I was working with preschoolers. I worked at, you know, Head Start and I would start working with teenagers through Goodwill, teaching them work skills and things like that. So Youth were my was my first passion, and mm-hmm. um um and I will always incorporate that in what I do. When we used mm-hmm. to do the pretty unique parties, I would get the youth to help us, you know, mm-hmm. as employment skills and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. so Black history is just it's it's very it's key. Yeah, it is key. It's the root of everything to me. It's the root mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah. And you know, with all the injustice that is going on today, what is your thoughts on the racial injustice in 
in that, how do you see you all or just you yourself fitting into the culture and making a difference in that area or standing up for it? Right now, um, we do have a foundation called Real Women Radio Foundation as mm-hmm. well. So we have a nonprofit organization and we do civic engagement work. And so being out there on the ground, um, especially with the injustices that had happened the last, the past three years, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the killing of our young men and then mm-hmm. the election year that we went through and mm-hmm. all of that, um, it, it struck home because I'm raising two black boys. So at that time, I was I didn't even want them to go outside, <laughs> but I wanted to be a part of the the, um, the 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 fight. So I would go do marches. And then I was like, you know, that's not my strength. You know, I would go out there, but I'm not a speaker. So mm-hmm. we started fighting through Real Radio Foundation in the background with voter registration, voter education, things like that. I, now we'll support you. We'll educate, you know, now my partner, Nicole, that's the one, that's the, that's the preacher, she's not a preacher, but she's a speaker. She's mm-hmm. passionate about her people. So mm-hmm. she can get out there and speak about it. I mean, I can too, but my, my strength was organizing events and organizing the march and getting people registered to vote and creative ways of doing that and just educating them and making them feel comfortable and getting them to imp- uh, understand the importance of why we vote, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that your vote does count. Don't let them tell you that. That's what they want you to think. You know, so to me, it's all about the education because the racial injustice is out there. It's not going anywhere. We have to come together, together being the key word mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and fight it together continuously. And we're going to be doing it to the day I die. I think the thing that people think is like, it's, it's not, you know, it's going to go away or, it's, you know, people are not racist anymore. And you see that it's the same. It's still the same. So mm-hmm. we have, it's a continuous battle and it's an important one. And yeah. it's real. <laughs> it's very real. Yeah. And I think with, in your case, it, it's almost added for people with Elbon, you know, mm-hmm. because you have to do both fights. Double fights. There is a fight, you mm-hmm. know with your skin color it mm-hmm. is and some people die because of that and some people yes. you know in africa you know how mm-hmm. actually kill for that and sell yes. the body parts. so yes. um i think you're an incredible role model in that area as well as black you know america mm-hmm. um just the whole album is i think there's a you know, there is a path for that for you yes. as well, because mm-hmm. you're strong, you're beautiful, you're you're encouraging and you're and you're really taking part in something that's very important. That's the youth and mm-hmm. educating them, yes. you yes. know, with people from the past, but yet people that are here with you right now mm-hmm. just trying to help you through your journey and make a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. When you say, when it comes to being albino, that there is a, a whole path there for you to encourage other, mm-hmm. you actually have done that, as you said, with the young girl. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a voice that needs to take place there as well. Yeah. Correct? Yes. Yes, it is. When I have a little, um, a few of our um, uh, friends on Facebook that we found each other and we was like, oh, hey, girl. Girl, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and most of the time, we almost look like twins. There's another young lady that lives near in another city, and everybody gets us confused. But uh-huh. um, so it's kind of cool sometimes. But and then people think that we all know each other, just like mm-hmm. people think all black people know each other. Yeah, you know? yeah so it's but... like, I don't know her, but I love to meet her. You know, yeah, so, exactly. 
but I I, I kind of have been like a voice without being a voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a stigma attached to being albino because I know when I was younger, people thought that I wasn't going to go because y'all have like vision. My vision is not up to par. <laughs> I'll say mm-hmm. that. It's, I didn't get my license till I was 25 because my vision was so bad. So it's a stigma that people have that, you know, they hold their head down with pride. We're not going to. I don't think people thought I was going to finish school or get married or, you know, or become anything. It's kind of like they look at it like a handicap and it's not, you know, if anything, it encouraged me to prove people wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So it kind of be like, it's okay. You don't have to, you know, I know you, you know, it's like, what? Yes, I am. You know, you can tell me I'm not going outside to the beach with everybody else. <laughs> my mama just put my sunblock on my hat and I'm going, you know? So yeah, I'm not going to be left out. So, but that's the thing, you know, we get like these passes or I think when I, when I used to go speak somewhere at work or anywhere, they're just so shocked. And I'm like, and I just think to myself, like, why are they so shocked? Like, I guess I, they didn't expect it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start using that as a way. <laughs> as yes. a kid. Okay. Yes. You didn't expect it. So, so I think nobody really expected. I can't say that I saw it the whole time, but I knew I wasn't just not going to be right right (laughs) I love it I mean I think you've just you've overcome it in a beautiful way I remember when you were shy Mm -hmm. I remember a lot about you but right now I can't tell anything because of your strength and and what you've become and what you're becoming as Mm -hmm. well um so I just I really say hats off to that and praise Mm -hmm. God that you did get this far and going further um, and I think you're going to be an incredible voice today. Um, so being said, we're narrowing down in our interview. What is the future? What is oh, the future wow. for Quanta? <laughs> in the future, I just, I see love, lots of peace, um, an option to retire at 60. <laughs> <laughs> at 60, you said it. Yeah, an option because you know yes. I'm not going to stop working, but right. I just want the option and I'm going to still stay involved because this is yeah. what I do and who I am. So, um, but yeah, I just, I think um, me and my partner was talking about that the other day um, and I thank God for Nicole Dix and she has gotten me, she's pushed me, you know, how you need that push. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know. She's like, we're going to do it. And I'll push her and then we push each other. But That's yeah, it's, yeah, I really can say that all of this last past years have like excelled. And she's like one of the major reasons because she's, she's like, you can do it. I'm going to show you how to do it. Or we're going to find out together, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I just, the future, I think we talked about, it's funny you mentioned Kathy Hughes because just last night we was talking about, um, Kat, we went to the well this summer we went to the um African American Music Museum and it was a picture of Kathy Hughes in there and uh she took a picture with the microphone and then she came back and showed me. I was like, I didn't get the way you didn't show me. <laughs> Last night we were just talking about you know how like Kathy Hughes has TV one and the radio station and TV station, and it's like that's gonna be us. And I was like, let's yes. do it. So <laughs> I love it. We yeah. just had trouble pacing ourselves you know it's like right, right, right. <laughs> so it's like, let's get this down back and then we're gonna do that and then we're gonna do this so we're all about building legacy for our kids and yeah. and our kids mm-hmm. kids you know they might not want to do well they're in the entertainment business but they may not want to do it how we did it but we like you're gonna have a legacy to pick mm-hmm. up and I think that's very important for people to think about these days legacies you know mm-hmm. so um but it's it's not 
it didn't come overnight. <laughs> that's right. You, you have to work hard for it. And yes. that's always a good entrepreneur answer. Mm-hmm. It didn't come overnight. Yes. And I did. You can't scary. stop. <laughs> if, you, if you ask us, and literally someone asks us, we don't feel like we are successful yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we mm-hmm. have. We mm-hmm. own we actually own two buildings, you know, as black women right now. Um, and we actually um rent out our spaces to other African American entrepreneurs. Awesome. So yeah, so we feel like you know we're recycling that thing. But <laughs> so and so we now we got a niche for that. It's like, oh, I like that. I like the way that feels. Let's go get yeah. another builder. You know, let yes, no, no, another real so estate investment. Yes. <laughs> and we also have the side where we um it's called key to success, where we're trying to um, and that's another reason why we're trying to plant roots in Fort Walton Beach, because we know there's some African-American businesses here, which is very hard to find. You know, you're from Fort Walton, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then when you find them, they don't last long. So we're trying to figure that out. Like, why? Let's, let me help you with the marketing. Let me help you get a space where you can come meet with people. Let us get. So that's what this actually we have a grand opening. <laughs> so um, coming up for the Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because that that is the future. Mm, that is the know, future. because you're moving into a new place, correct? Yes. yes. The grand opening is this Friday mm-hmm. at four thirty. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. And mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that, how that came about, and when it is, and what you plan to do. <laughs> okay. So when we began in 2016, we were renting. We were renting like two. or three offices actually and we were you know using two of them as co-working spaces renting those out and we had a space for ourselves so then um, we were blessed and we were able to purchase a building so we just mm-hmm. moved last year into a building a quadruplex in Pensacola and we ran out and we have our own space so um that went so well that we started looking for space in, in Fort Walton because I live in Crestview now and, you know, but my home base is Fort Walton. So she's like, oh, you know, you don't have to travel so far. And, you know, that's an untapped market. It really mm-hmm. is. So I said, OK, I'm ready, you know, because I <laughs> ran away to hide in Pensacola, but I'm back. I was like, OK, I'm ready. So, you know, and everybody's like, when are you going to do this? And when are you going to do another event? And when you why you don't do nothing in Fort Walton? It's like I do. But, you know, so now we're back <laughs> and we found a space. As soon as we walked into it, it was like, we love it. We want it. This is it. It felt good to be African-American women in in a position to um, buy another space. And so this space has four offices in it. So one is our radio studio. Kind of feel like TV one. One is our radio studio. Yeah. (laughs) That is the marketing area. And then, you know, we have two other spaces that we're going to rent out to entrepreneurs. And so then we're going to save a space for um, the conference room for um, business people that need to come in and handle some business, but don't have an office. You might want to meet with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that's a co-working space. Okay. Well, that is so exciting. So the launch is this Friday mm-hmm. um, and we would definitely be listening. I think, you know, you could send me record. I can listen online. Is that correct? Yes. So how yes. do we, how do we find out about you all? I guess. Is okay. So you can go to rwrlive365.com and there you can, you'll see all our latest things that we have going on, learn about the station. You can actually listen to the station. We play music 24-7. We do have shows that come on throughout the week. And then you also can download the app for free on your um, Apple Play Store, your Google Play Store. 
Uh, and it's not an Apple Play Store. My partner would kill me. It's the Apple Store. She's an Apple. <laughs> <laughs> and you download the free app, and you can just take us with you in the car at work, you know, on the plane, wherever. But we play um, predominantly uh, old school and new school hip hop, R and B, gospel, and we even play some blues on Saturday. And um, we have about five shows, so it's it's awesome. We have. Um, the Get Up Morning Show, the VIP Lounge, the Sugar Shack, which is the blue show. And then Doing the Most is coming back in October because <laughs> I had to take a break for, and, mm-hmm. you know, get behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then um, my partner, Nicole Dixon, her um, show is starting back in October as well. It's um, Black Girl Village, where she interviews mm-hmm. professional Black women, you know, and highlight them. So, it'll Awesome. Be That's yeah. going to be fantastic. I love mm-hmm. it. Oh, so you actually have tapped into the online radio business. Oh, yes. That's the business itself. That business is really great. And I'm glad yes. you got it. So really what makes you different and maybe a little bit different is the whole social media, how far yes. you're stretching the whole yeah. social media with the radio too. Although there are people out there, but I think you're doing it a little bit more. So yeah. uh, that's really, really great. Awesome. And I think I think we're just out in our community more. Like we'll come out mm-hmm. at the radio station and do a red carpet at your event and interview your guests. Wow. We'll, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll and then we also throw our own events. And so I think that's what makes us kind of different. We're gonna like promoters, <laughs> party planners, and mm-hmm. you know, ready all in once, but we'll come, you know, get into our community and you know, at no charge for some of those services and just we just wanna be a part of it and support and we love to partner with other people that already have something going on. This year, we partnered with the NLACP Youth Department. They, you know, to do a back to school drive. We'll put supplies, supplies. You supply the kids to pass them out to, you know, <laughs> in the location. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're always looking to partner. We'll definitely be talking about that. Now, to end our interview, I love. I've really enjoyed myself, and I've learned a lot more about you than what was <laughs> on your paper, especially yeah. with you and Nicole being really real estate investors Mm -hmm. it's just amazing how you've taken that and it's come to that where you can give back to the community you can create space to help Mm -hmm. other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. that's so amazing that's great great entrepreneurs we know the struggle (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly so with closing words what words of encouragement would you give an entrepreneur today or someone like yourself a woman that's trying to start their own business or just encouraging words today in general? I would say trust in yourself. Most of all, trust in God, trust in your passion, dream big and don't be don't like, don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do it. And and, and the number one thing is it's not, it may not, I'm not going to say it's not, it may not happen overnight. (laughs) So keep at it. If you love it, keep doing it. If that don't work, try something else. But stay, stay constant, stay faithful, trust God, step out on faith. You know, it won't happen right away. I worked a full-time job for 19 years with Goodwill. I used to just loved it. It was my, you know, passion. But when I was able to step away and step out on faith, I did. And so, and it's been going well so far. But trust in God, follow your dreams, pace yourself, educate yourself, and save that money. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Save that money. Save that money. 
being financially stable is a part of it. Yes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Great words. And I know um, the great thing that I've just learned from you from right here is follow your passion. Mm -hmm. You've done that so well and continually doing it. Well, you've been listening to Black History Matters 365 with the wonderful and extraordinary Quanda Pace in Florida. I have enjoyed you today. So make sure you keep listening to our Young Entrepreneur series with Quanda kicking it off. And we're going to see who else is going to be in the future. Thank you so much for listening to Black History Matters 365.